So this is week one of a brand new fresh out of the box series called Waymaker. Um, how many of you know the song Waymaker? Raise your hand. You know the song. It's everywhere. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, my God, that's who you are. We all know the song. It's very anointed. It's very powerful. But the the content of those names, I feel like, should be taught and should be expressed. One obviously of our vision is to know God, know who we are, do it for the kingdom. Those are the that's the motto. And part of that this series is going to teach you to know God in a way that you might have not seen him in the light that maybe you've read or maybe you've seen or maybe the, what people have told you. I want to give you a different perspective um on our God who we call Waymaker. So week 1 is called Waymaker. I want to start off with that. If you have your phone or you're on you version, jump with me to Exodus chapter 14, verses 10. If you're not, it'll be on the screen to give you the assistance to read. Um, verse 10. The context of this is uh, uh, Moses has now taken the Israelites out of Egypt. They have been enslaved for quite some time, 400 years. And now he's pulling them out of Egypt and now taking them to the promised land. And God called Moses to do this. And so he's taking them out. But in verse 10, I want to, I'm going to read from verse 10 to verse 16. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, why do you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't you there Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't you, didn't we tell you, didn't we tell you this would happen while you, while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse. In the wilderness, but Moses told the people, this is something, Moses does something that I like to do sometimes, please the people, or to downplay pain, right? This is, Moses means really well right here. He means very well, but he's also downplaying the pain that they're going through because some people think of it as like the Israelites are complaining, the Israelites are just wailing, because we know what happens. We know that if you've ever read the story, spoiler alert, Moses takes the staff, strikes the water, and boof, you know, the, the it becomes water walls. But we're reading this in hindsight. The Israelites do not know what's next. They do not know that God's about to use Moses to split the Red Sea and crush Pharaoh and his chariots into the water. They don't know that they are going to reach the promised land in the time that God gave it to them. They don't know all of that. And so right now they're walking in uncertainty while we're reading with certainty. So we have a certain mind. Oh, this is, we know they're going to make it, but they don't know that. And that's why they will. But Moses does this, and I do this all the time. I think it's a dysfunction, but, but he means well. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Have you heard someone say that before? Rescue. The Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians will see Today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The Lord corrects him. This next verse, verse 15. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Watch this. Pick up your staff 
raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Watch where it says in verse 15, he said, pick up your staff and raise your hand. This is not just, there's a difference between submitting to God and having responsibility from God. There's a difference between you just giving God all of it, all of it, God, I put this in your hands, when really he's like, hey, buddy, this is in your hands right now. He told him, you take your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And the question that I thought as I was reading this passage was that how can, how can God make a way when Pharaoh's right behind me? How can I see God deliver me in my life when I still got the bad report and now I don't know what to do? How can I walk out my faith when I'm doubting every moment of my life? I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about three things, and I want to say them very quickly, and I'll go through each one. So I want to talk about the promise, the problem, and the staff. The promise, the problem, and the staff. The promise is found in Exodus chapter 6, verse 1, and I'm going to run to it on my Bible app. Then the Lord told Moses, Exodus 6, verse 1, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh when he feels the force of my strong hand. He will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. That's comforting to know that God's about to put pressure on your problems, that God's about to put pressure on on your situation. Matter of fact, it's going to be so much pressure that he's not going, the enemy's not just going to let you go, but he's going to force you into God's hands. God has a big, strong hand. God has a mighty hand. His hand is mighty. His hand, his hand is gracious and loving enough to cover me. And it's also strong enough to give me enough pressure for me to move into my purpose. It's his mighty hand. He has a mighty hand. His hand is able to bring things into my life, and his hand is also to pick things out of my life. It's a mighty hand. And I'm talking about he will put people in your life, and he will take people very easily out of it. It is his mighty hand. It's his mighty hand. God is, like they say in in, in the song, promise keeper. That's one of his promises, is that he would take the Israelites out of Egypt, and he would deliver them because that's his chosen people. God chose the Israelites, and he's promising them deliverance. God's promised deliverance for you, right? But when there's a promise, there's a problem. When there, I I look at it this way, Jesus, the promise to die on the cross, to set us free of our sins. That's who, that's who God, that's who Jesus is. He was the promise, but you had the Pharisees. That's the problem. You had, Job had a lot of stuff in his life. He was one of God's faithful servants. 
God promised him a lot of prosperity in his life. But then the problem came that he had to suffer in some type of way. When there's a promise, there's a problem. When there is a deliverance, there's a doubt. When there's freedom, there's frustration. Now, you being free doesn't mean that the, the, the frustration is freedom. But sometimes when there's, when, when there's a promise from God like this, you will not always see the way God's doing it in the moment that you're going through it. You will never see it. Matter of fact, Abraham did know this. Abraham was given some way of a, of a statement. It was almost like a headline rather than just the full blueprint of like, okay, look, you're going to do this. You're going to have this many kids. Oh, Jacob's going to betray Esau and his father, and he's going to do that. He's not telling Abraham all of this stuff. He told him, you will be a father of many nations. That is all I will tell you. And this is God's method in his purpose. He does not tell you everything. And trust me, that is not easy at all. It's not easy. Better yet, it's really frustrating to not know what's going on. Like I, I, on staff here, I know my schedule, right? I know what type of meetings I need to have. I know, I know that we're going to have service on Wednesdays to like tonight's game day. This is, this is the big moment for me to you to present the word and the gospel to you that I know what to do. I know how to act. I know, I know all this stuff, but when I don't know what to do, kind of aggravates me. I don't know if that's you. Maybe you're a go with the flow type person. You're like, Oh, I don't worry about anything. Well, I worry a lot. Ask Sarah. I worry a lot. And I get anxious over stuff that's so stupid. But it's because of the way that we have been wired, not just in the culture, but also in our own minds. We don't know, so we panic. Pharaoh's chariots are behind you, and there's a bed of water of the Red Sea behind you, so you panic. And you get frustrated. The Israelites were frustrated. I want to talk about the problem. The problem. Exodus 14, verse 10, says this. As Pharaoh approached, the the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, why do you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We weren't there. Weren't there enough graves and blah, blah, yada, yada, and complaining and complaining. And And they're expressing Frustration. Now, a lot of us are not taught to release frustration because it's not very Christian, is it? It's not very Christ-like to release frustration. But I've learned something in my life. When I go through something, I know there is a time and a place where the releasing of frustration needs to take place. Because if I don't know where to put it, it's going to go somewhere and it's somewhere not good. So I have to learn now, where does my frustration go? Does it go on people? Does it go on, does it go on myself? Self-critical of myself? Does it go on God when really he's just maneuvering my life and he's conducting my life in his control? Am I playing the blame game? Because I do not understand. When you don't understand, you blame things. 
when you don't really get the picture of what's going on, there has to be some type of victim to blame. And I do this. I'm not just saying this out of judgment. I'm saying this in my own psychosis of sanctification, in my own walk, in my own journey, in my own steps. You don't understand why. We have a lot of questions. You have questions that you that if you ask me the question, it might boggle me. I don't know. I don't know. I even said last week at the end of the message of last week, I don't know why you go through what you go through. Sometimes we don't know. But maybe it's not for other people to know. Maybe what you're going through is specifically what God wants you to know. What God specifically wants to tell you. What God wants you to specifically walk through. Maybe he wants to tell you. But when it comes to the problem, when it comes to the situation, the promise, we can focus so much on the problem and we miss the promise. We can focus so much on our situational problem rather than focusing on the deliverance that God has promised. Y'all tracking? You have to focus on the promise rather than the problem, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And I feel for the Israelites, even Moses, because I don't think even Moses knew. Moses knew the deliverance. He knew God told Moses, I'm going to deliver you in Genesis 1-6. I'm going to deliver you from the hands of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He told them this. But I was in a Bible study yesterday morning with my friend Luke, and I was talking to him about the message because I've been brainstorming about this message for the past two days. It's been like, my mind's been like everywhere about this. And my one question was, did the Israelites even trust? Like that was my mindset. I was like, didn't you even trust God? Didn't they even like do all this? And, and, and Luke got this verse, uh, Psalm 77, verse 19. David said this, and Luke sent this to me. Your road, le- your road led through the sea. He's talking about God. Your pathway through the many waters, a pathway no one knew was there. They didn't know. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know that, that God was going to split the Red Sea and, and make it part ways, and he was going to be the way maker. They, they didn't know that. All they knew was that, put that verse back up, Matt. It wasn't, put it back up, wasn't there. They didn't even know. You don't know. I am not a big fan of people who think they know what's really going on in someone's life, but you're really watching from a distance. You're not really seeing it from a, from a, from a coach standpoint. You're seeing it from a, from someone in the crowd. Oh, why do they do that? Why is it so hard for them? Why is it, why not? Why no, no, no. There's a history of why it's hard for them. It's a history of why people still do this because you don't even know. The Israelites didn't know. They didn't know. They were walking through something that we already know. They're walking through something that we already saw in Exodus 14, 21, which I'm going to get to in a little bit. We already saw what happened, but they didn't know. This message, though, is really more about Moses Don't think of yourself as the Israelites, because, yeah, we do that. We complain and everything. But I want to focus on Moses, because Moses is is very, very significant. 
he was called by God to be the leader of his people because he was, you know, he was a baby of the Israelites and they were killing babies. And then they, they, he, he got flooded of the water. And then the, uh, the, uh, the Egyptian daughter or the, or the mom took him in and he became an Egyptian, but he's still an Israelite. He still knows this. And, and now he's going back to his heritage and God's calling Moses to do it because, because something, there's something powerful about knowing two sides there's a power to know about what the Egyptians know and what the Israelites know. It's good to have both sides, not just to hit one side or the other. It's good to have both sides because now you know how to lead. Being a leader is not just taking one side. Being a leader, now, in the Egyptian standpoint, they're pretty deadly right now. They're, they're pretty evil. But it's better to know both. That's a good leader. And Moses is having to walk the Israelites through this problem. Through this promise, also he's walking them through a problem. I don't know if you've done that. I've done that majority of my life, not just even as a youth pastor. I've done this even as someone who has served in the church, that served in another church. You you speak promises over someone, but you also sometimes walk them through the problem. We want, we want to speak the promises like Moses just did. Remember in verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Wait, watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see you, never see you again. Like he's, he's, he's not just downplaying. He is shashang the problem that's going on right now. He's shashang the problem that they don't know if they're going to make it or not. And you mean well. You speak promises. You can't just walk people through a promise. You got to walk them through the problem. I just hit my watch. You got to walk them through the problem. Not just the promise. The problem as well. Don't just walk with them when everything, oh, God's doing something in their life. Yay. What about if God's not doing anything in their life? What are you going to tell them then? Ah. Hmm. Something to think about, right? What do you do? Because you're talking to them about promises and you're talking to them about the grace of God. And that's good. That's really good. Moses meant really well. because He's a leader. But something about, because think about it. Look, God corrects him after that. He tells him, why are you crying out to me? Get moving. We pray and wait and ask God to get us out when he is literally telling us, go, walk, move, stop asking people, stop praying about it, stop watching TED Talks about it, stop watching spiritual gurus about it, stop stop procrastinating and move. Why do you cry out to me, the Lord says, walk, move, go. The Lord wants to tell you tonight, you got to start moving. You got to start walking. You got to start believing. It's not just about, I watch, look, 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 look. It's not about having more faith. It's about keeping the faith. Okay? It's not about you having more faith. That's pride. That's pride. That's arrogance. That's you being a jerk. <laughs> it's you being a butt. Sorry. It's more about not having more faith. It's about keeping the faith. It's not about praying more. It's about keep praying. It's not about reading a whole chapter. It's about reading a verse and sticking it into your heart. That's what it's about. It's not about how well you can memorize a verse. It's okay. 
Nothing's wrong with memorizing a verse. I remember, I remember a ton of verses. We used to do that in Bible college. We would learn, we would do scripture tests and we would memorize scripture. That's great. Anybody could do that. But if it does not stick, if it does not stick on your heart like Gorilla Glue, if it does not stick to you like it's supposed to, if you don't put it into the practice, God is, God is telling you, stop praying about it. Move it. No, he's, he's nicer than that. My child, push forward. My beloved, move. Trust me, he is nice to me. He's not mean to me. <laughs> when he talks to me, he's not mean to me. You, you, he's saying, go, move. The promise is there. The problem is in the way, but it's the way that you think. It's the way that you think. I want to talk about your mind because the way that you know God right now might not be the same. I, I learned this before I get into the text. Did you know that you, you thinking that you know God can stop you from knowing God? What? I learned that the other day. The Pharisees knew scripture and they even recognized Jesus as the Messiah. You can know God, but never really know God. You can do all of these things, read all of the scripture, think that you have big faith, but it's not big faith that you need. It's God telling you, stop this nonsense. Move, walk, jump, go. The promise is there, but the problem is in the way. The last thing is the staff. I brought an illustration. It's not an actual staff, though. I wish. It's a pool stick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pool stick. It's a little pool stick. Can it go? Come on, done. No. It's one of our Jackie pool. Oh, it's still good. Um, I promise I won't break it. Unlike y'all. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> this is the staff that Moses used. I wish I would have gotten a cool replica. That would have been dope. I have an actual staff. This is the staff. The, the staff in the Old Testament was, was resembling the leadership that, that Moses had. God gave him a staff. He turned the staff into a snake. He, 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 he grabbed it back and then it turned back into a stick. I'm like, whoa, that's a cool, that's a cool magic trick. But it was like, he turned it into a, a, a snake and it was cool. And he used it to, you know, God did all these plagues and, and, and he was hardening Pharaoh's heart and he was, he killed all the firstborn sons trying to get Pharaoh to let go of his chosen people. And, and Moses was leading them with, with the staff. But I'm not just talking about a staff. I'm talking about your staff. I don't have a staff, Jacob. I'm not talking about a staff. Hear me when I say this. Your staff is your mindset. Your staff that you have is your mindset. It is the way you think about God, about others, about yourself, about your situation. This is your thoughts. So, how are you going to tie this in, Jacob? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Y'all just, just chill. Watch me work. Watch me work. So, he had his staff. He's leading the Israelites. The Lord was speaking to me through that, through that word, and he was telling me, where are you going to plant the staff? Because if you look at it in the scripture, he raises his staff up, he raises it up, and he strikes it into the water. And it, and it, parts, right? Do this, boom, boom. It's split. 
because he placed it where God wanted him to place it. God was guiding his staff because God told him to raise your hand, raise your thoughts, raise your mind. Stop letting your mind stay in the gutter because all it is, it, it does nothing for you. It creates nothing. All it does is that it puts it, instead of here, it puts it in the wrong place. It's putting it in the wrong mindset. Wrong place, wrong mindset. He wants you to put it where the way is being made. The way is there. When he says he's a way maker, he's already made a way. Did you know that? That God has already forgiven you. He's already cleansed your sins. He's already made a way. But the staff is the, is the mindset. And the Israelites are now struggling. And Moses is having to lead them through this problem. And he has a staff. Verse 21 says this, Exodus 14, verse 21 says this, that Moses raised his, oh, one hand, his hand over the sea. It doesn't say that it struck down. I think it's a Hollywood myth, but I'm going to strike the ground. He raised his staff up and the Lord opened. The Lord makes a way when you raise your staff. The Lord has already made a way if you would raise, let God raise your mind up. Because for some of us, our minds are somewhere else. It's in disappointments right here. It's in dysfunctions over here. It's in overthinking over here. It's in, it's in, it's in, the, it's in, the, it's in the thinking of your heartbreak over here. It's in all these different other places. Bam, bam. When it should be in the right place. The way that's being made, the way that has already been made, that's where your mind needs to go. Jacob, I don't see it yet. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there already. God's already in your tomorrow. God is already, he is omnipotent. Omnipresent. You know what that means? He is everywhere and in everything. He's omniscient. He's in every timeline. He's outside of time, the Bible says. He created time. So he knows your tomorrow. And it can sound comforting for a moment, but it's not about not, not just being comforted by knowing that. It's putting your mindset where it belongs. It's putting your mindset of where God intends it to be. Your staff is your mindset. Your staff is your way of thinking. A couple of things. Like, for example, this is, what, this is what has helped me. Remembering what the Lord did for me from before. Sorry, I did that. <laughs> Remembering what God has done for me already. If he did it once, he'll do it again. That's the staff mindset. If he's done it already, he'll do it again. If he's not saying much, that must mean he's doing much. That's changing your mindset. Just because he's not saying much doesn't mean he's not doing much. He's working. When you work, you really want to talk to people while you're lifting stuff up and moving stuff around and moving God knows what. This is God's working. He's doing more working than he is talking. And if you really want to hear him talk, read the Bible. If you want to hear God talk to you, because people can make it, oh, God spoke to me. It better not be manipulation. Better not be. 
You better not be trying to manipulate. Oh, God told me to do this. Well, he didn't tell me, so do it somewhere else. Maybe God's calling you somewhere else. It's, this, it's where your mindset is. Your staff is your mindset. The way you think is important. Because if you think that, if you think that, this is corny, popularity is a mindset to have, then you, then there's really no place for you in the kingdom of God because, because the kingdom of God is not based off of popularity. It's a, it's about purpose. It's about your identity and who God is. It's not about being popular. It's not about, it's not about just knowing. And it's scary sometimes when you switch grades or something like that. It's scary. It's intimidating. It's insecure. It's inadequacy. But, but you need to know where this is going to go. You need to know where this is going to go. Changing the mindset is important. God, govern my staff. Lord, govern my thoughts. Lord, I should really not be thinking about this right now. Even, I'm not even just talking about the thoughts that are, that are I get it, you have, you have sad thoughts and everything. What about the dark thoughts you have? What about the thoughts that you can't even say out loud? That you wish you could tell that person because they aggravated you. Wouldn't you wish? Wouldn't you wish? I wish. If I could tell every single person that has, that has aggravated me and ruined me and hurt me, I could tell them everything. But that's not where the staff is supposed to be. It's not to be towards the Israel. Where is your staff planted? Is it towards the Israelites? Are you listening to the wailing and the complaining and the, and the melancholy of that mindset? Because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to, they, they would have rather died. I'm going to be honest. If they were really trapped as Israelites, if they were really enslaved, they would have not walked that river. They would have just let the Israelites do what they were supposed to do. Because sometimes we don't truly trust God knowing that he'll make a way, even though we don't know. Even though we do not know and don't comprehend and don't understand. Your staff is your mindset. Your staff is your mindset. Where is your staff planted? And you ask yourself, how can a little staff, a little staff, separate a humongous bodies of water to walk through the way that's, in a way, what it looks like when your thoughts partner with God's thoughts. When you partner your thoughts with God's sovereignty, your staff is in the right place. Your staff is in the right setup. Your staff is in the right mindset. It's in the right mindset. So now, God told Moses he would deliver the people. That's the promise. Moses led them to the Red Sea and the Egyptians trapped them. That's the problem. Moses tries to encourage them, but God corrects him and tells him what to really do. That's the staff. Stop relying on your own thoughts and start relying on what God really wants you to do. He made the way, but you have to get your mind in check. You got to get your mind in place. He didn't take them out of the water. He didn't just, God didn't just take his, his mighty little hands, his strong hand, like we just talked about, and just pick them up and threw them across. Imagine that, just little people. Throws them across the ocean. Don't fall in the water. 
No. What did God do? He empowered Moses' what? Staff. Your mind. He empowered it to where he could see the way. When you start to change the way that you think about your situation, and I'm not, and look, listen, I'm not saying your, your situation is all, oh, this is hope. This is, this is, this is, God's going to do it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about having that mindset. I'm talking about God. I don't know what to do right now with this report. I don't know what to do right now with this, with this, with this disappointment that I'm going through, but I'm going to place my staff in the holy things. I'm going to place my staff in the right things. I'm going to place my staff in the things that you want me to think about. Not what anybody else is telling me. Not by what by what the devil's trying to lie to me. I'm going to put it where you tell me to put it. God is telling you to raise your staff. Raise your hand with your staff. And he's going to show you. He's going to show you how to make a way, not by your might, not by your own strength. You can't really do that. But by his spirit, by his Holy Spirit, he's going to show you when you raise your staff and you put it where he tells you to put it. Put it where he tells you to put it. God told me to tell you, put it where I told you to put it. Put it where I told you to put it. Don't put it where the Israelites are, are. That's good for a moment. Let it out. Let the frustration out. Release. But you need to put it back where I told you to put it. I need you to put it back where I told you because if you don't put it back where I told you to put it, you ain't going to prosper that much with that type of mindset. You need to put it where I told you to put it. And that's how God makes a way, not just by some miraculous, magical hocus pocus. He's going to make a way in your mind. Because I'm getting real practical about it. I'm not just talking about, about heavy. Oh, Jacob, I don't, I, I'm not sick. I'm not, I don't have heavy stuff like that. No, you had a breakup. That's your staff. You had, you had people backstab you. That's the staff. That's the problem. God promised me a BFF. Now I got a, I don't know. BF, not F. He let go of all my friends. No. It is your staff. It is the thing that you are holding onto. It's the thing where he's wanting you to place it. I wish there were like bells right here. I can like do this. Sorry. It's where you put the staff at. It's where you place it. God wants to guide your staff. God wants to guide your mind because the thing about God to know God is to know him from what his word says about him and you, not just by what people say. And because, because people don't have bad experiences with God. I think people have bad experiences with people. I don't think we really have a bad experience with God. We just have a bad experience with bad Christian people. And it's okay. I'm okay to say that because I've dealt with that in my own life. And what I have to learn is to not listen. Dude, the Israelites were complaining and they were chosen by God. How come you think, oh, I don't complain. I don't do it. Everybody complains about something. Everybody's down about something. Everybody is depressed about something. 
And God wants to govern your staff because, because your, your, your staff is in a depressed area. It's in a, it's in a place where it's building a ton of scenarios that aren't even real yet right now. It is where your staff is at. It's where your staff is at. And trust me, I've always wanted to ask God, can you just tell me what's going to happen? Can you just tell me you were going to part the Red Sea? Can't you just tell me that this person was not good for me to where I can kind of prepare myself? Where I can, where if I had to run a thought, I could like get on a treadmill and stuff. Like, could I have known from the get-go? If I would have known, if I would have, I wouldn't have complained as much. I, I wouldn't have freaked out as much. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cussed at you, God. <laughs> I wouldn't have been upset with you, God. I, pro- I promise. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I think God, God's not punishing you. Some of y'all think God is punishing you right now. There's no punishment in, 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 in the Lord Jesus. There's only protection. Protection is, is, is a very, weird term that everybody uses sometimes. Some people can manipulate that. Oh, oh, they, 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 they punish you. So, oh, I was just trying to protect you. Get out of town. Get out of the loop, dude. You weren't trying to protect me. You were trying to protect yourself. But when it comes to God, God is different than people. Let me tell you something right now. God is different than people. God is not people. God is not homeboy Jeremy. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a Jeremy in here. I'm sorry. There's your homie Jeremy, just because just because he's he says he's 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 a believer in Christ, he's gonna make mistakes. And so he's gonna disappoint you. Oh, she'll disappoint you. It's God's not like people. God doesn't protect to manipulate, he protects to edify, to bring to a higher place. God protect I, I thought about this and I talked about this with Sarah, and I thought it was so cool. I told Sarah the question. I was like, Sarah, why? Sarah, why would God tell Paul no to go preach the gospel somewhere but put a thorn in his flesh? Have y'all read that Bible story before? I have. I, I read it. Paul was supposed to go preach somewhere. It was a, a certain location. And God told him, no. I'm like, God, that's good. People that are lost are gonna get are gonna get to know that they, they can be saved and that and that you died for their sins. No, but God himself, homeboy, wanted to put a thorn in Paul's flesh, and he used that? Why would God say no to something good, but accept something that's kind of painful? Have y'all ever thought about that? I have a lot, all the time. But I've learned something. I've learned something about when God does this type of stuff. Maybe God knows something about growth. Maybe God knows something about if there was if everything was good in your life, you would be you would be on a recliner, something. You would be lazy in your faith. You would be lazy in your faith. It's like God uses the thorn in the flesh to make, to let Paul know, hey, you're not good without me. I am sufficient for you in your weakness, he says to Paul. I said no to the good and I said yes to the pain, not because I want to punish you, 
but because there is a growth willing to happen. There's a growth that can take place. And that's hard to hear sometimes because when you're in the thick of it, this is not protection, Jacob. This is not, this is not it, dude. This is way different. But if you would change, watch this. If you would let God guide your staff and stop putting it in another place and let him guide it and put it where it needs to be put, the waters will part. The wall of water will be made. The way will be made. He has already made a way. He is a way maker. But your mind is not in the same vein as the way maker. God is teaching you maybe in this season to get your mind fixed up again. To get your mind back back in place. Because your mind's been everywhere. Your mind's been in a place where it shouldn't be. It's to put it in a place where God wants you to put it. I don't know what that is. Y'all's minds can be, the one on your row can be different on the other side of the row. I don't know. But God specifically and significantly has a mindset for your situation. He has a mindset specifically for your situation. And that's my final point. God wants to guide your staff. He wants to guide this. He wants to guide your mind. You can come on the keys, Rachel. He wants to guide your staff. And maybe you've gone through something and your mind has been mixed up. Maybe you're about to go through something you don't even know it yet. Or maybe you're in it right now and your mind is being flustered right now. God wants you to know, put it where I told you to put it. Put it where I told you to put it. Because the Israelites will say stuff, even Pharaoh and his chariots will say stuff. People will say stuff to you to try and maybe either comfort you or deceive you. The people are going to do stuff all the time. You have to hear from me. You have to hear from my voice. You have to hear from what I speak. You have to hear my voice. And that's by to keep praying. You don't get healed because you have more faith. Waymaking happens when you keep it. That's greater faith than thinking that you have a lot of faith. It's more. It's not just having more. It's keeping it. To keep praying. To keep believing. To keep to keep reading. To keep going. It's not that you have more. It's that you don't keep it. It's different. And you have to keep your faith in this season of your life right now. You have to let God guide your staff, even though this is a pool stick. You got to let him guide your staff. Because some of y'all have been tortured in your minds, and that's not where God wants you to put it. God does not want that for you. He's using this situation for your life. But your staff is in the wrong place. Moses was in the wrong mindset when he was telling the Israelites, oh, just just go, wait on the Lord. Lord's like, what, what you crying about? What you wailing about? Move, put the staff in the water, make the way. That's the way maker. Way maker doesn't happen when you're magically waiting on God to do something. It's when you look at God in a different mindset. Your staff is your mindset. This is what's gonna get you to see that God has made a way. Not by having more faith, not by reading a thousand scriptures a day it is by to keep doing it one verse one prayer 
one moment of worship. It's enough. You just got to keep doing it. It's not about quantity. It's about consistency. It's about being consistent. It's not about, look at how many scriptures I've read. Don't be like Moses where you're trying to comfort people with spiritual downplay. Let it put it in the right place. Put it in the right place. God told you. God told me to tell you. Put it where he told you to put it. Stop putting it in what other people think. Stop putting it in what in what culture's telling you. Stop putting it in those places. Put it in the water. Raise it up and do it. Do what he told you. Raise up the staff. Raise the mindset. Raise your thoughts. Let God govern your thoughts to where you can see that there is a way that's being made and there's a way that's already made. He is the way maker. But if you don't see it, if you don't believe in it, if you don't put your mindset in the right place, I'm not talking about being, like I said, not unicorn thoughts, but good thoughts, right thoughts, thoughts that won't make you go insane. That's where it needs to be placed. That's where it needs to go. God wants to guide your staff so he can show you that he is a way maker. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as I end this sermon, some of you in here, God, Jacob, I believe in God. I believe he's a way maker. I believe he makes ways and all of that. But right now, what I'm going through I see Pharaoh behind me. I see a bed of Red Sea behind me. I don't see a way that's being made. I feel like I am trapped. I feel like I'm trapped. I'm trapped between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. I'm trapped in this way of thinking. I'm trapped in this situation. I feel hopeless. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I see two hands. If that's you, I see a third hand. Keep it up. I want to see it. Nobody's looking around. Four hands. If that's you, Jacob, I feel hopeless right now. Throw your hand back down. I just saw your hand, Bubba. Thank you. You can throw your hand back down. I want you to know something. not know what to do is the most faith-based thing that you should know. Because faith is not it's not about knowing something. It's about, I don't know what's next, God, but I know that you're in control and I have to trust that for now. That's all I have right now. All I have is, is, is God's trust. All I have is what he's already told me right now. All he has told me he's going to deliver me. It does not look like it right now. But I have to trust this anyways because I have nothing else to go to. There's no certainty right now. There's no, there's no, there's no, I don't know if they're going to come back into my life. I don't know, I don't know if this situation is ever going to happen again in the future. But I have to trust God right now because I don't want to go insane. I don't want to go crazy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta push out the frustration. I gotta, I gotta release the feeling. I know I gotta do that. I can't just stuff it in here. But am I going to stay? in this state of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an unhealthy mindset that's not good for me. And 
God wants to tell those who raise their hands, put it back where I told you to put it. Put it where I told you to put it. I believe he's changing your mindset right now. He is showing you a different light right now. He's doing something in your mind. He is showing you a different perspective about your situation. He's showing it. You're not just seeing a bed of Red Sea anymore. You're not just seeing Pharaoh in the back with the chariots. You are seeing the waters part. You're seeing it. It might not look like it on the surface, but it is being made. And God won't leave you in your empty thoughts. He wants to sit with you there. Father, I ask that you would that you would guide their staff. That every person that raised their hand, that the staff, their mindset, Lord, would be aligned with what you're asking them to. Lord, they're going through some tough situations right now. They're going through some heavy heavy stuff right now that might seem small to other people but it's big to them Lord God it is big to them and Father you know what they need to know and you know what they're going through and you see what they're going through you are seeing them right now so Lord I ask that you would place their staff that you would place their mindset where it needs to go that you would place it not just on rainbow thoughts, Lord God, but thoughts that will that will grow them, thoughts that will give them not just a comfort, but a purpose. I pray that you would give them purposeful thoughts, purpose-driven thoughts, holy thoughts, not, not to downplay pain, but Lord, to overcome pain. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you are showing them. You are showing them a greater mindset. You are guiding their staff right now. We thank you, Lord God that you are a way maker but we have to change our mind about it because we might be looking at it in a different light Lord we pray that you would guide our staff set our mindset to where it needs to go and that we would see that you're, you are the way maker Lord you told us to to walk by faith and not by sight so Father I ask Lord that we wouldn't walk thinking that you have to show us that you're making a way that we just need to think and see and know that you will and are already making a way because it is by faith that drives us it's not by the feeling or seeing or understanding or having certainty but it is about believing it is about it is about the consistency of our faith with you it's about seeing you in a different light lord we thank you Lord, we think, I thank you for this message, Lord, that you helped me bring forth. Father, I pray, Lord, that it would rest on the hearts who need this. I pray even when it comes out on the podcast, Lord God, that they would re-listen and know that you are guiding their staff, that you are guiding their mind, that they are in a, they are in a hole right now. They are in the middle of Pharaoh and the Red Sea. But, Lord, we know that you will make a way in their life. They just have to change their mind on what it looks like. So, Father, we ask that you would do that. And we love you. And we praise you for the revelation of knowing who you are in this season of what we call you as a waymaker. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.